0: Hello, friends and family. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. First, some good news. The organization we're highlighting this week is Imperfect Foods. This is another organization that battles against food waste. According to their website, in 2020 alone, they saved 50 million pounds of food and 20,663 tons of carbon. This is one of those organizations that has food available that would maybe not show up on a grocery store shelf because it has some cosmetic quirks or maybe because there's a surplus. And instead of that food going to waste, going to landfill, which has often been the case, they create options. People can order packages, order different things that they would want. They kind of curate these packages and deliver them directly to people's homes. You may be familiar with imperfect foods if they operate where you live. Living in rural Iowa, where I live, imperfect foods and a lot of organizations like this haven't really reached us yet. I think it's a fantastic idea. I don't know if it was Imperfect Foods exactly this organization or one like it, but I kind of first became aware of this sort of thing when I was visiting some very good friends of ours, the Dismain family out in Camas, Washington, which if you're not familiar, it's Camas is sort of Connected to Vancouver, Washington, which is sort of connected to Portland, Oregon, all right there on the Oregon Washington border. But the Dismay family, love you all. Not that they're necessarily listening to this, but my good friend Scott, who was a teammate of mine and I lived with for a while in college, and the whole family, Kelly and Charlie and Elise, my kids get along great with Charlie and Elise and we need to get out there again to visit soon. But when I was there, I love the Pacific Northwest. I I love the Midwest as well, but I love going out there to visit and doing anything in the Pacific Northwest. There is there are a lot of great options for things like this, the eco-friendly sorts of things, trying to prevent food waste. I like there's a lot of grocery stores and places like that where I can get the food that I eat that's a little more healthy, organic, all those sorts of things. So this was something that I saw when I was there, that they would drop off a box and here it was, produce that wasn't maybe going to show up on a... Shelf in a grocery store, but is perfectly fine. It just maybe looks a little funny, and I don't know. There's something about that I kind of like too that, like, hey man, you're kind of a weird looking pair, but that's okay. Just be yourself, and you still taste good. So, that is Imperfect Foods. You can find them at imperfectfoods.com. So far as I can tell, they even use recycled packaging to deliver the produce, the food, the products, whatever they are. And I think they will even reuse, pick up that packaging again. So trying to stay sort of as low low maintenance as possible, but also low carbon emissions, all those sorts of things. So check them out. You can see right on their website, you can punch in your area code or your zip code or whatever and it will let you know if they're in your area, if they have if they have a branch in your area, or you can search for other organizations like this who maybe do operate in your area. This is Family Time 98 and we're talking about reflection. This falls under the responsible decision-making, social-emotional learning competency. We're really talking about evaluating and reflecting. We're looking at self-reflection, which is a very important practice, and it can be a difficult one. It can sometimes be a painful experience. It's awfully hard to look honestly at ourselves sometimes. It's, it's a lot easier for us to point out issues we see with other people. Or to give advice to other people that we don't maybe follow ourselves. Looking in the mirror can be a very difficult thing. And that's what I want my students to do this week. It is a really important practice. It's how we... How we learn a lot of things. The older I get, the more life that I live, the more mistakes that I make, the more I kind of figure out about myself, the more I realize there are a lot of answers inside. We spend so much of our lives looking for external answers. We want advice. We want A plan, a system. We want that silver bullet that someone else has devised. And those things aren't entirely bad. It's great to have mentors. It's great to seek advice from people. It's great to ask people questions and to learn from others. But if we're always looking for outside things to solve our problems, we're often going to be left feeling empty feeling incomplete, if we're looking for outside things to sort of fill the voids in our lives, that's a losing battle. I've found more and more that a lot of the answers to the most important things in my life are from inside. I think we often... We have to know what's right for us. We just get into a habit of doubting ourselves. If we follow our guts and we follow our hearts, that's a pretty good indicator. If we're doing something, a task, a job, whatever it is, we find a lot of joy in that thing. We find a lot of love. We have a lot of passion for that. That's probably what we should be doing whether anybody else thinks it's a good idea, whether anyone else thinks it's practical, we know what feels right for us. On the flip side, whether it's conscience, you get that little Jiminy Cricket thing going, when we're doing something, we we just have this feeling that like, this doesn't feel right to me. This doesn't add up for me. We're probably right. There's probably a reason that we feel that way. It's important to spend some time thinking about how we feel about things. And it can be hard to trust ourselves. But that's part of why we want to practice some self-reflection. And what I want my students to do this week, what I want all of you to do this week, is... Think of a period in your life, think of a situation from your life, and consider the decisions that you made in that period or around that situation. Think of how those decisions, how the consequences of those decisions, how their outcomes positively and or negatively impacted your life. What were the results of the decisions you made? Then I want you to think about what you learned from those outcomes and how those outcomes, if you're being self-reflective, and hopefully we're self-reflective at the time, how did you change your decision-making? And I also, we're going to discuss in class how our backgrounds might impact how we make decisions. Things like traditions, how we grow up, our family, our culture, those sorts of things. Those things do impact the decisions we make. Again, I just think this is such an important process. I try, I'm much more reflective now than I was when I was younger. I think some of that just comes with age and comes with life. I try to reflect on every aspect of my life. I honestly try to purposefully reflect at the end of every day. That's one of the things that I do as just a self-management practice. I'll actually talk more about this next week. We're going to talk about some organization and things next week. But I like to write a lot of lists of things. I like to be very organized in certain aspects of things that I do. And one thing that I do as a self-reflection piece is I have sort of areas of focus, not necessarily specific goals, but areas of focus that I feel round out and enrich my life. Things that are with my kids, my job as a teacher and a coach, the other creative things that I like to do, my health, the activities, my hobbies. And I kind of just, I will make tally marks next to those things if I addressed that thing that day. And sometimes it's maybe I spent several hours working on projects. Sometimes it's I spent 20 minutes, but I can make sort of a tally mark that, yeah, I addressed this thing that I have determined is important to my life. And that just gives me a chance to sort of reflect, too, on the day about all of those things, even if I'm not putting a tally mark next to something. I can look at, oh, I maybe haven't been giving a lot of attention to this aspect of my life for a little while. I can see the blank space. And it just gets me thinking about that and all the whole day. Like, okay, what did I do specifically with my kids? I have things like with my kids, like I want to help them pursue their dreams and stuff like that. So I can honestly look and be like, okay, did I do something today that kind of helped them explore their dreams, explore their passions, that sort of thing. So that reflection piece is important for me. I think it's just a good practice to do every day if we can because it helps us make these little adjustments. So often in life, we want these big, powerful actions to bring about sweeping change in our lives. And I've talked about this many times. That's rarely the case rarely is that how we change our lives. More often than not, it's just little, little adjustments. It's like being on a ship out at sea, and we're just course-correcting here and there, here and there, to keep us going where we want to go. And sometimes we'll get a little off course and get a little off course, but we're, we're moving in that general direction. That self-reflection lets us course-correct a little at a time make a little more progress. Another thing I think it does for me is if if I'm continually self-reflecting and I'm making those little course corrections, then I can do a, a longer reflection. I can look back, kind of how I want to do a little bit this week with my class. And it's different. With, it's going to be different with my high school students, certainly different with my middle school students much shorter period of life to draw from than I am. But to get in that habit where I look back a long time in my life, and then I can look at areas where it's like, wow, I really handled those things differently at that time, or I really felt differently about this thing at that time. Sometimes, especially we get to a certain age and I feel... Like a lot of people don't think they're going to change anymore or maybe think people in general don't change a lot. I don't think that's true. We're changing all the time. The key is to make the changes we want to make. And self-reflection helps with that. Another way that I try to reflect is I'll ask myself if every moment of my life was filmed, which I'm glad it is not. But if every moment of my life was filmed, or if I die and whatever anyone believes about the end of this life, or if there's things after life, whatever, if if you had to watch that, watch your entire life as a film, or if other people are going to watch it, I think about, okay, where are the moments where I would be embarrassed, where I, I wouldn't feel good about who I was. And I really try to live in a way where even though I wouldn't feel great about everything, that I'd be okay with people watching that film. To be like, all right, like I tried. Now there, there's certainly, certainly many times in my life where I'm like, okay, no, I wouldn't wouldn't want other people to see that. I wouldn't want people to see me in that moment. And one that something that sticks out to me is when I was younger, I would like to think I have I don't know if you can say I've totally gotten past this, but I have not been like this in a long time. When I was a younger man, I had a very explosive temper. That's something that I would like to think surprises people. It surprised when I have talked about this in class before and stuff, I think it surprises a lot of my students. That's not how I react to things. I don't think I've had a real explosive outburst of my temper in a long, long time. But I would have sort of these explosive outbursts that were, were sort of violent, not hurting other people or something like that, not trying to lighten it any but I would be that where I, I I look back at it now if I'm if I'm trying to picture it in my head as a scene from a movie as something that was filmed. This immature young man who would who was kind of not good at handling my emotions and would bottle things up and then let them erupt and I would be the the type of guy who would punch a hole in the wall or break something. I broke a chair one time. I remember having an argument in the kitchen. I remember one time I shared this with my students when I was immature and in high school. And I think I just had an argument with a girlfriend or something. And I punched the center of the steering wheel in my car. And it was It was one of those moments where I realized how childish and just not great I was being when I punched the center of my steering wheel and it bent in and the horn stuck on. So there I was sitting in my car just having thrown a tantrum like a small child and I'm having to now figure out how I'm going to stop my horn from constantly honking. So those are the things I think it's important if we're going to be self-reflective to be honest. And that's the tricky part. That's the hard thing. I don't make excuses for that previous behavior. I don't I don't see it as funny. It's something that is not good that I wanted to change about myself. I got to a certain point and said, this is not who I want to be. I don't don't want to behave that way. And it takes a long time to change. But it starts with that self-reflection piece of being honest of like, well, this is not what I want. This is not who I want to be. I was recently having a conversation with my son, who's 11, and... I won't even get into the details of the conversation. Anytime I talk about my kids or share a story about them, which I do often, I like to ask their permission and see if it's okay. But I was just talking to my son and I was just checking to see if everything was cool with him. And I I was explaining to him that like, hey, Especially when I was your age and all the way into adulthood. I would bottle things up a lot. I would not talk about how I felt. And I would want to be tough. And I would want to handle things on my own. And I just wouldn't talk about them. I'd just kind of get quiet and not say anything. It was really just me checking in with him. We weren't having a big issue or anything. But uh, I just wanted... I wanted to let him know that like, hey, that's something that I should have worked on earlier. And it took me a long time to realize that it's not good. It's not healthy to just sort of bottle these things up and let them come out in a not good way or to just try to ignore them and they're going to surface somehow or another. So I was just having that discussion with him. And that's that self-reflection piece. It's a good practice to start building in. So I've rambled on about that long enough. That's what we're going to focus on this week. I encourage everybody to spend a little time self-reflecting. Think about where you have been, where you've come from, where you're at right now. That helps you set your compass for where you're going to be. Until next time, much love. My blog post for this week is protective, not precious. I thought of this when I was thinking about tattoos. So not long ago, if you watch any of the video stuff that I do, you may have seen my latest tattoos. I have what I like to consider a fairly nice collection of tattoos. They're things that I like. I started getting tattoos when I was 18. And got a few when I was young. And then didn't get a lot for a while. And then sort of in my 30s reignited my passion for getting tattoos. And I've gotten a good handful. My latest additions are my favorite tattoos so far. My 10-year-old daughter, Claire is a very creative person. We love to do art together. Her drawings, her notes that she gives me, they are amongst my favorite possessions. They are my favorite pieces of creative work. The same with the things that my son Mickey creates, but Claire has always, always, her whole life, just been drawing and writing doing those things and she'll give me so many of these wonderful gifts these pieces of art that she's created so what I wanted to do was create a sleeve of her drawings from sort of the earliest parts of her life her drawings and her piece of artwork are getting a little more advanced now which is fun It's, it's exciting to see so I wanted to kind of not only keep the original pieces of art, which we have saved, and I have them hanging up all over, and we've gotten so many, of got them in tubs and things like that, but I wanted to take some of her earliest drawings and little notes and make a tattoo sleeve out of them. And Claire helped me pick out the different ones that we liked, and I worked with a wonderful tattoo artist who helped put everything together and make it look right. And we did this this sleeve. Tattoo sleeve of her drawings. And I love it. She's got, I've got a flamingo and flowers and all sorts of hearts and stars and a rainbow and polka dots and all these wonderful little things, little sayings like be brave, be strong, be kind, that she would write on stuff. I have uh, a, a a wonderful little little poem a little haiku that she wrote for me when i was showing her how to write haikus one day and it's just one of my favorite things ever i've written about it and talked about it before but that's on my shoulder and a, a little cartoon of super daddy it was a character she she created for me so all those those things even i have a tattoo of it's a peace symbol logo and some letters and the words black crash which people don't know but that is the sort of the band that Claire and I created especially when she was really wanting to write some songs and stuff we were doing some things together and we still like doing musical stuff together so that's our our kind of sort of our made-up band but I guess you can just have a band if you decide you have one so that's our band and Anyway, all these things are put together as this tattoo sleeve. And what I was thinking about was, (laughs) I have a good handful of tattoos and several of them are pretty well visible if I'm wearing short sleeves or if I have long sleeves rolled up a little bit. And it's funny, perspectives have certainly changed with tattoos. They've become much more widely accepted. When I was going through the education program in college in the early 2000s, not that long ago, it was really still at that point considered faux pas for a teacher to have visible tattoos. And I was warned against that. Do not let people see your tattoos. That was one thing. Even At that age, I had some tattoos on the inside of my biceps that were partially visible if I was wearing a t shirt. And I've coached my entire teaching career. It was like, don't let people see those tattoos. And (laughs) perceptions have changed. My tattoos are pretty much pretty well visible all the time. I teach visual arts, we do a unit on tattoo history and culture, and I will often help students come up with ideas or design their first tattoos, those sorts of things. So that's really changed a lot, but there will still be people who, it's kind of the the old like, oh, what's that going to look like when you're 80? And I'm kind of like, there, there's the the id part of me that wants to speak up and is like, well, what's, what's that cheeseburger going to look like when you're 80? Eh, I wouldn't say that. That's being rude. But that's kind of my view on tattoos and a lot of things just with myself is I try to be protective about things, but I'm not going to be precious about them. What I mean is if I'm talking about my, my body, my physical appearance, my physical health, I want to be protective of my body. I want to really protect my physical health. I've talked about before, I had a period in my life where my health was really not where I wanted to be. I experienced some health issues and they weren't necessarily related to bad health practices, just the way it goes sometimes. And I had to battle back through a lot of those things. And it was a long road, long recovery. So I'm very protective about my health. I try to eat very healthily. I try to ex—I exercise almost every day doing something. I do a lot of things to take care of my physical health, my mental health, all those sorts of things. So in that way, I'm protective of my body. On the flip side, I'm not going to be precious about it. I like tattoos. I'm going to cover myself with tattoos. Are they always going to look as good as they do now? Probably not. I have some. My tattoos that I got when I was 18 have certainly faded and things like that. Are these new tattoos going to fade? Yeah, in the same way that my beard gets grayer and my hair is thin and those sorts of things, that's part of life. So I'm not precious about that, but I like them. How are they going to look when I'm 80? I think they'll still look pretty cool, even if they're a little faded and a little weathered, because I think they look cool now. They all mean something to me. I'm also not precious with my body in the sense that I try to be very healthy, but I'm going to use my body. I treat it like a rental car and I paid the insurance. I'm going to get my money's worth out of this thing. So that's when I'm exercising, I, I want to be lifting weights and running and training jujitsu and training taekwondo and kayaking and rock climbing and do all this, putting my body through the paces. There are a lot of times. I'm just, there's part of me that's sore. I got a joint that's aching, those sorts of things, but I'm going to keep rolling. I want to push the pace. I want to, I don't want to leave any fuel left in the tank. So I'm not precious about that. I'm going to do those things. And I try to approach most of life like that. I'm protective of my kids in the sense that I don't want them to get hurt, but I want to give them strength. I want to give them opportunities to learn and grow. I don't, I don't want an easy life for them. I want them to be strong enough to endure all the challenges that will come in their lives. I want them to, and when I talk about being strong enough, I'm talking about mental health spiritual health all those sorts of things i want them to be strong enough to reflect and learn and grow i don't want to hand everything to them so i'm protective and then i i want them to be strong i want them to do well but i'm not precious about them like i want them to go out and explore life for themselves i want them to make mistakes and to me that's that's the difference. So while I got thinking about this, considering tattoos, it just had me thinking about a lot of things in life how yeah, I want to I want to protect my friendships, protect my relationships, but I want them to be honest, I want them to be real I don't want I don't want a lot of things in my life that I've gotta handle them with white gloves and be real delicate with them. I want real things that are strong, that are true to who I am and what I'm about. That to me is being protective, but not precious. Not getting caught up on things. Recognizing that things in life change, that things in life come to an end that can be connections with people that can be relationships that can be the material goods that we often cling to we don't get to take them with us when we leave this world I try not to be precious about that I try not to be precious about life I'm protective of it I want to live for a long time and I want to do as much good as I can And connect with as many people as I can while I'm here. But I realize I'm not going to be here very long. So I'm not going to sit and worry about it. I'm going to live life. Be protective, not precious. This week's podcast is brought to you by Tarpaulin Water Slides. That's right, where you lay down a tarp, spray it with a hose, and use it as a slip and slide. I'm imagining a lot of other people have done this growing up the way that I did. We we rarely had a lot of name brand anything. And when I was a kid, the slip and slide was a big deal. That was the name brand version that you would spray water you'd hook the hose up to it and I think it was inflatable I don't honestly know if I've ever even used an official slip and slide I maybe have at someone else's house and you run and jump onto it and slide and there you go but we always just used a tarp it'd be like one of the big blue tarps and you kind of tack down the corners get the hose spraying on it and away you go you could throw some Dish soap or something on there too. Get some bubbles going. Make it extra slick. This is a good time. And you get get to put it on a hill. Go zipping down the hill. Love it. But it's also one of those things. I suppose especially if you're a child of the 80s into the 90s. Where a lot of the stuff we did just. It was still kind of that era where you would do things that had some danger to them, and I, I'm i sure some of that still goes on, but it just seems like a very, like, 80s, early 90s thing to me, to, like, this is what we're going to do. The parents are encouraging it. They're all watching us. We are sliding around, smashing into each other, and if you used a tarp as your slip and slide, your skin was just thrashed by the end of the day, because it's not... <laughs> It's not the smooth plastic of the name brand Slip and Slide. You are just tearing around and it's road-rashing your skin. Well, that's just part of the experience. So, we're very proud to be sponsored by the Tarpaulin Water Slide. Now, from me to you. Our good news story was focused on imperfect foods and their fight against food waste. That's such an important thing. Anything we can do to help keep food out of the landfills, get it to people, that's an important thing. For family time, we talked about reflection. I kind of rambled on a little bit about that, but it's a tricky thing. It's hard for people to do, but it's important. It helps us course correct, get on the path We want to be going the direction we want to be headed. We have to be honest with our self-reflection. If we're going to make changes, if we want to accomplish our hopes and dreams and goals, that's what we have to do. And then I talked about, well, I started talking about tattoos for a while, but really talked about being protective about things in our lives. The things that we care about, but not being precious about those things. Not tucking them away, putting them in a box, putting them up on a shelf, but living life, experiencing it, experiencing it with others, not being too precious about things, but helping the people around us be strong, helping ourselves be strong, being protective in that way. Not avoiding life, but living it to the fullest. So on that note, Have a great week. Live this week to the fullest. Remember, you can always reach out to me through Luke Nielsen Media on most of the social stuff, LukeNielsen.com. I've got the stuff, segments going out with Ernest from Earth, my book, the curriculum, all those things, video and audio stuff. So feel free to reach out, connect. I appreciate all of you sharing some of your time with me. Have a great week. Love yourself. Love each other. Love the fight.